It's almost like that old infomercial of like, set it and forget it. (laughs) Then while the thing is happening, you're so much more present and you're so much more aware and you have the creative energy necessary to yield even better results, not just for yourself, but for the people you're serving. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. All right, we are back. And today we are talking all about systems and workflows. Welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast, Kylie. Hello, Jenna. I can't wait to talk about our love language. (laughs) Oh, I know, right? That like, if there was an extra love language, it would be this. Yes, absolutely. Here's your question of the day. If you could outsource one like home task that you just hate doing, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to put my husband on blast when I say this. <laughs> Please do it. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Hi. I would hire someone to follow him around and pick up all the articles of clothing that he just leaves draped over various pieces <laughs> of furniture. Because at the end of the day, it's like the sweatshirt on the railing and the vest on the couch and the socks so on top of the thing in the bathroom. I'm like, just put it. In, in the hamper, in, watch, in. <laughs> I swear, I would hire someone to do that. Yeah. Sorry, honey. What I about you? I would hire someone to food prep because I oh. love like when food is prepped. Like I love reaching for like things where you're like, oh, all the vegetables are already cut up. I should just have that for a snack. Or like, oh, there's little egg cups that I could heat up and eat because I am the kind of person that like when food is prepped, I'll eat it, but I hate doing the prepping, which is why it never really gets done. And Drew, I'll give Drew credit. He does do it every once in a while, but we used to be super consistent with that and I kind of miss it. That's a really good one. That's also like a day changer. If anyone is listening to this episode and they need a business idea, I'm going to give you one. One of my friends, Allison who lived on Maui, had the best business ever. And I would pay her countless dollars to do this. But basically, whenever we would go to the island, what she would do is she would go grocery shopping for you and she would prep food for you. And it was all paleo, super healthy. And we would come and we'd have a stocked fridge with little instructions of like, bake this for 20 minutes at 400 degrees. And everything was there. And then she would leave you the receipt for your groceries. And then you'd just pay her an hourly rate of how long it took her to prep the food. And she just did it in your house. And then she cleaned all the dishes and cleaned your kitchen. It was literally life-changing. So if anyone needs a good business, you should do that if you can. My goodness. That is incredible. She is a saint. Really? And it was so cool because we saved a lot of money because we didn't eat out all the time. So Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like it's bougie and it is totally, but it saved us a lot of money because every time we would go out to eat, it'd be like a quick hundred dollars. And so we were just paying her her hourly rate for the shopping and the prepping. And it was amazing. That's brilliant. 
Now on to the topic. On to systems and workflows. Oh, I just I get like tingly talking about systems and workflows. It was like one of my first tasks when I joined Team Jenna Kutcher was to analyze the systems that were in place for the podcast and then mold them into even bigger and better systems. And I think everything we do has a system. So I am excited to talk to you about this today. I'm I'm also just curious, like, have you always been a systems person? person or did it take you a while to figure out how to fit everything into a nice linear process? <laughs> I think I always have been one. And it's funny because I, I don't think I looked at things as systems. You know, I think a lot of us are quick to discount our methods and we don't necessarily want to appoint them the title of systems. But I think at the beginning, my love for systems was a necessity because when I was working at Target and starting to try to book enough weddings to leave Target, I had to have systems because I only had a few hours a day to get stuff done. So I remember early on creating things like email templates and like making a pricing guide inside of Microsoft Word. I actually just shared one of my old pricing guides inside our team Slack. We all had a very good chuckle. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I learned how to use Photoshop to make that. And I like had these like stamps and these little like arrows that I loved. And (laughs) it was so funny because my mom sent it to me to remind me of how far I've come. God bless her. And she was like, remember, like you charged $150 for two hours of shooting and you thought you were a millionaire. And I felt like one. So I think at the beginning... I was creating just these processes to like make things faster and to make things more thorough because I had such a limited amount of time. But then the obsession has grown as the business has grown and gotten more robust in the different channels. I love to be able to like have a pulse on what's going on without having to be in the know of every single little bit of minutiae. Absolutely. And one of the things our team's many systems allow us to do, and one of the things I think we're kind of known for is our ability to produce content and prepare really far in advance. And I think it's something we were just talking about because as we're recording this episode, we are working on getting super far ahead so we can have some of that more low-key time at the beginning of this year, 2021. But why is that Why do we have that drive and desire to get ahead, do you think? I think it's because like I recognize so early on, like stressed work is never our best work. And if I'm feeling frantic or frenetic or like urgent around something, I'm probably not going to produce at the right output or something that I'm really proud of. And it's kind of funny because years ago, I'd hired this business coach to teach me like how to launch. And it was the most stressful thing I've ever encountered. And it was beautiful because I learned so much in the process. And I think that when you're learning, you can either learn the things you want to learn or you can learn exactly what you don't want to do. And that process to me drained me so much that it had me wondering like, is this all worth it? Like, I don't think it's worth it. And Ever since that experience where I remember just like being so exhausted, my phone was ringing off the hook at day and night in the middle of the night, like things were breaking. We didn't know where the next email was coming from. Like, I just remember being like, I will never do this again. And so 
I think there's so much joy in our desire for presence and our desire to like actually live life so that when we're ahead, we can almost take that deep breath and like pause in the way that we want to, at least for me. No, I agree. When we are able to create ahead on our team, whether it's like the podcast or preparing for a launch or whatever, it then allows us when the thing is happening, when the launch is happening, to actually be in the trenches and then serving our people to an even greater extent because we're not worried about like the technical details or the content that's going to be released. And so it's really freeing, even if beforehand there's a lot more work that goes into it. Yeah. It's almost like that old infomercial of like, set it and forget it. I love that idea of like setting it and forgetting it. But then while the thing is happening, you're so much more present and you're so much more aware and you have the creative energy necessary to yield even better results, not just for yourself, but for the people you're serving. And I think that our heart of service shines through the way that we work because it's like, let's take care of all the things that need to get done so that we can be like ready when people need us. Totally. One unique thing though, that when you get so far ahead, there's also some things to keep in mind. I think we learned that last year when getting ahead meant probably likely being irrelevant by the time we got to the content airing. So what are some things that you keep in mind and that we've continued to kind of keep in mind when we're getting so far ahead of ourselves as far as content creation and preparation for a launch and all of that? Yeah. You know, 2020 taught us a lot of lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of them was like, okay, working ahead is good to a point, but there still has to be a level of flexibility. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh, (laughs) man. We all thought we were flexible until during our EQ trainings, we learned that we weren't as flexible as we thought. I remember Tico being like, you girls think you're flexible when you're in control of what the flexibility requires. And I remember thinking, Wow, she nailed it. Called right out in that one. (laughs) So I think that working ahead, especially in this new year and in this new season, and we're all kind of still trying to figure out like what this new normal is going to look like and what's realistic for the next year is trying to not be as linear. I recently had a phone call with someone who was kind of talking through some business things with me. And she's like, you're only getting frustrated because you're trying to fit everything that you want your life to be filled with on this grid as in the calendar. And, you know, she's like, life is 3D and it's meant to be lived. And like, you can use your calendar as a guide, but it can't be like the end all be all. You've got to allow for flexibility and change. And I thought, wow, 2020 really has taught us that. And so I think that one of the things that we really keep in mind as we create is this level of evergreen. And I think that we've done a really good job of that in the form of creating not such time sensitive content that it's not going to make sense by the time it's released and being really, really aware of the way that we're creating so that the content lives on. One of the greatest things about the podcast is that it's literally like this library with over 400 books in it, teaching you different things that if you find something from even a few years ago, it's likely still relevant. And so a lot of people create and they churn out and they publish and then they're on to the next thing without really thinking Could I reuse this? Could I repurpose this? Could this still serve people a month, a year from now? And I think that's one of our greatest gifts is that we're constantly thinking in a way that is evergreen, meaning things can live on. One of the 
clues that we aren't very flexible was last year when we had to kind of shift, modify and adapt and start rolling out episodes like recording one week and releasing the next week. And that was such a test, I think, of how I work and how you work. And we really had to fall back on this concept of honoring our flow state. And I think that is kind of the degree of flexibility that our team is most comfortable with. So can you talk to me a little bit about this term flow state? Because we say it all the time, like we're always honoring our flow state. And I think it can sound a little bit woo woo if no one knows what we're saying. You know, it's funny because I really struggled with a flow state this last year. And so basically a flow state is like when you are so into the work that you're doing that like you don't even realize time is passing. Like, you know, you're so just like fully engaged with the task at hand that you, you know, the rest of the world is like hazy around you. And it's funny because I think that I often struggle with focus And a lot of times, and Kylie, you can attest to this, like I have 8 million tabs open and I'm bouncing around and I have documents and I'm starting one thing and then jumping into another. And and I am like the queen of like trying to prove that multitasking is a thing, even though I know that it's not. (laughs) And so with our team's quote flow states, a lot of times I like to really think about like, What time of day are you most creative? When do you like get those ideas or those bursts? And it's honestly very different for each person. Like there's one person on our team who like works and loves working at like two in the morning. And like I'll wake up and be like, wait, what was she doing at that time? But like that's when she gets that burst, which I don't recommend. I love sleep way too much. That's not my thing. (laughs) No, but then there's also like people where it's super interesting to being in different time zones where there's someone on our team who's in the Pacific Standard Time Zone and she loves to work like around what is my dinner time and that's like her flow state. And so it's really interesting to kind of figure out like ask yourself like when do I feel most like fresh and energized and excited and like when is like my brain firing on all cylinders and how can I make sure that the most important creative work that I'm doing happens in that state? What does it look like for you? Well, one thing I've noticed recently is that my flow state moves around depending on what season it is, what time of the month it is, like what phase I am in my own cycle. And I used to fight against that. I used to think, no, I am most productive in the morning before noon. And so I'm just going to hammer out all this stuff. And then I would get to a week where I was so distracted or I was hopping around and piecemealing projects and not feeling productive in the way that I was the week before. And then I would get down on myself. Like, what do you mean you can't focus? Why aren't you performing at the same level that you usually do? But I think flow state for me is recognizing that the times I'm going to be most productive might move a little bit depending yeah. on any number of outside influences but mostly it's it's in the morning for me and knowing that 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 might move around and so I can build my day out depending on where my flow state's going to be or where it has been and then I'll put stuff that doesn't require a lot of focused attention in the times of days where I'm not the most focused so yeah, I might do more you know quote mindless work like I might be going through and approving Facebook posts 
or something, you know, something that I don't have to put a lot of critical thought into, but I have to read and click a button. And that feels better in the afternoon. But if I have to write something, if I have to really be creative, it's in the morning, like usually before 7am is when I'm (laughs) really firing on all cylinders. So I've just tried to be kind to myself when figuring out when my flow state is. I love that. And I think too, our team is really good at communicating. So it'll be like, we'll touch base and then we'll let each other do the work and then we'll touch base again once it's done. So it's like, let's just make sure you've got what you need to do what you're about to do. And then just like check in and let me know where you're at before you log off. And I think that that's cool because it's less notifications. And I think for me, sometimes my focus gets frazzled when I like get the ding of slack and then I'm like in the inbox waiting for a response and things like that. And so I've really tried to like focus on narrowing things down, having one tab open at a time. Yeah, right. One, (laughs) all of those things. Okay. Right now I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Oh my God. Stop counting. 14, 14. (laughs) That's, that's pretty good for me. Does anyone else relate? (laughs) Yeah. That's the equivalent of one for you. Like that's the minimum I've ever heard. Our team's really good at kind of when we shoot off a Slack message, recognizing that we're meeting someone in a completely different phase of their day than where yeah. we are. And so yeah. I usually preface my messages that aren't urgent with, well, nothing's urgent on our team. So I'll say yeah. not urgent, but when yeah. you're thinking about it or if when you're in the headspace for this, that's how I like to operate because I think it's the most respect. That's what I would want in return from a teammate. And I always get it. So yes, love it. You might not know this about me, but one of my favorite roles that I play in life is being a host. That's why Drew and I are hosts on Airbnb. If you want to generate extra income and have space to share, you should definitely check out Airbnb. As a mom and full-time entrepreneur, it's been super easy to fit hosting into my schedule. Over the last few years, we've had many visitors and we've even been voted super host several times. Whether you've bought properties as an investment or have unused rooms waiting to be shared, hosting on Airbnb is the practical and profitable choice. And just think about it. If you've put a ton of time, effort, and work into your home, someone out there probably would love to experience it while they're traveling. So next time you're planning a trip or want to make some extra pocket change from your spaces, consider hosting on Airbnb. The hosting process is simple, practical, and tailored to you. Your home might be worth more than you think, Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's the life and work hack for you. Ever since I started getting dressed in the mornings before working from home, I have been more productive and efficient. I guess the saying dress for success is actually true, which is why I am obsessed with quince. Quince offers luxury fashion without the hefty price tag. With prices ranging from 50 to 80% less than similar brands, it's a no-brainer to choose Quince for timeless style at unbeatable prices. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman, passing the savings on to us, the savvy shoppers. Personally, I've snagged the Italian leather bow ballet flats. They've truly become a wardrobe staple. And let's not forget about their stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, which 
adds this touch of sophistication to any outfit. Whether I'm working from home, dressing up for a date night, or a play date with friends, Quince always delivers in style, quality, and affordability. If you're ready to elevate your wardrobe without breaking the bank, join me in embracing the Quince revolution. Trust me, your closet and your wallet will thank you. Indulge in affordable luxury at quince.com slash gold digger for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash gold digger to get free shipping and 365 day returns. I love that. So I think also some people listening might be craving a structure to maybe implement in their own days of working when they can't figure out when they're going to be most productive or how to inspire productivity. So how are you structuring your days these days? And how does that look different from earlier in the business? Oh, man, earlier in the business, I worked all the time. I mean, I literally would be the person like responding to emails at 10 p.m. and sleeping with my laptop on my nightstand only to open it like before I even got out of bed. So it's really interesting to look at like just how different I operate and how much more alive I feel. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been really unique. And obviously, this comes from a very privileged place because I'm so grateful that, you know, Drew gets to stay home and be a stay at home dad and really is like so helpful with things like running errands and cooking and that kind of stuff. So it's, I'm so lucky, but really I start my days a lot slower. So I used to be, you know, up at seven workout in by eight and that kind of thing. And lately we have really slow mornings and I've learned to just really embrace and love that. So some mornings I'll get up and try to get on the Peloton before Coco wakes up. But most days we wake up slow. So today I woke up and finished a book that I was reading before starting my day, before my feet hit the ground. And Coco is really introverted in the sense of like, she really like treasures her alone time. And I love that about her. And so she wakes up really slow too. So she usually spends about like, 30 minutes to even an hour just talking to herself in her crib and playing. And it's really fun to watch as a mom. And it also gives us a little bit of time to like get ourselves up and get ready so that by the time she's up, we're just fully engaged with her. And so then we do a family breakfast every day together. And then I'm usually starting work around 10 a.m. So it's very different than the past but I've really just treasured these mornings that I get with my family. And then I work out and usually midway through the day, I always put on slack, you know, taking a minute to move my body and eat some food. And then I come on back. So I try to shut down around 5.30 every single night. And that gives me about two hours of time with Coco before she goes to bed and I get to put her to sleep every night. And then Drew and I watch trashy television until we retreat to our beds to read. So yeah, you do. My work <laughs> is, I watch the worst TV, but my work day is usually about like seven hours a day. And that there's a lot of room for flexibility in that if we decide to do something with the family. You know, this is, on topic, but also off topic. You said in a past episode that Coco knows she's ready for her alone time and she'll even point to her crib and just say, okay, it's time now. And I just love that you've already kind of recognized that she has these introverted tendencies and she just appreciates it. And you're learning from that. I love it. Yeah. 
It's beautiful because I think, you know, when she was first a baby, like anytime she even made a noise, we'd like run into the room and like grab her and like, you know, make sure she's okay. And watching her become herself, she really, really values that independent time. And my mom actually says I was just like that, where my parents wanted to just snuggle me and I'd be like, just lay me down. Let me feel up. <laughs> and so it's been a good reminder for all of us too to just like allow ourselves to wake up slowly. And, you know, most of our mornings we just sit there and watch her on the monitor. Today she was playing with her hair and playing peekaboo with herself and practicing her words and things like that. And it, it's just really a wonderful way to start the day and just such a good reminder too to take that time for ourselves. Yeah, we could all have something to learn from Coco. Yes. That's for yes. sure. So one of the things about our team and our systems and workflows is that all of us kind of own our own systems and workflows for you. And I think we do a pretty good job freeing you up so you can own your own systems and workflows. But there are a lot of solopreneurs who don't have a team to manage individual systems for them. So what would have been non-negotiable for you if you had stayed a solopreneur or if you didn't have team members to manage individual pieces for you? Like what was an essential piece at the beginning? Yeah. So honestly, if we look back at the earliest days of Gold Digger, when it was just me and Caitlin, so one virtual assistant, HoneyBook was the thing that kept us in place. HoneyBook is basically just like a client relationship management system, meaning it's a place where you can let your workflows live and contracts and you can collect payments and you can have your calendar. And like we lived and breathed inside of HoneyBook. And that kept us straight because we were running kind of a multidimensional business, just me with a part-time virtual assistant in that I was a wedding photographer. I was launching a podcast. I was getting into the education space. And so that was the thing that held us together. And it makes me smile even thinking about that because HoneyBook was the initial sponsor, part of the reason why the show even exists. And to this day, we use them for contracts and we use them for invoicing and and so many different things. So it's been just a part of our brand and a part of our infrastructure. And as a wedding photographer, it was the most invaluable thing in the world. I remember... I still have them on my phone, actually. I stumbled upon one the other day. But whenever I'd show up to a wedding, everything lived in just one spot in HoneyBook for each client. And so I remember I'd pull up to the wedding venue, I'd open up that folder and I'd have everything I needed from the names of the groomsmen to the timing and the schedule, the name of the wedding coordinator. I knew everything. And so that was a huge thing. And now we also use monday.com and Monday has become this system that Marissa helped us integrate into our business where it's just a project management system. And I never had systems like that besides HoneyBook. And so now being able to really keep myself in line, because I think that there's nothing worse than working your butt off and then finishing the day and wondering, what did I even get done today? And so having some sort of place where you can break out those bigger projects into smaller tasks and have this button that you can click when it's completed so that you feel that sense of completion can absolutely transform. So I just think even looking at systems from a non-robust, non-big you know, big team state, having a place where you are tracking your work and being able to break up those big projects that you want to take on into small little tasks that you can complete each day can really just change your mindset around work, but can also keep you on task. I've loved Monday and actually 
I was a slow to adopt Monday user when yeah. we first brought on the team. You know, you kind of gave us all permission to move over to Monday.com as we were ready for it. And I fought it for a little bit. because I was like, no, I am so good at making a list. And I have my little planner and my favorite pen. And then I realized that there are things... Well, what I love Monday for really is there are little things throughout my day that might come to me through a Slack message that aren't necessarily a integral task in my day, but it might be like, check to make sure this link is working. And that was something I'd previously say, oh, I'll remember this in my head. And then I don't remember it in my head. And so when those come through, I'll just throw it on my Monday list. And then I know I have to check it off by the end of the day. And so if you find yourself like dropping what seems to be insignificant pieces of the things you have to do, put it in just a brain dump checklist on monday.com and you won't forget it. It's game changing. For me too, I think the biggest shift. So if anyone's listening and they have a VA, like just a virtual assistant or just some sort of help using something like monday.com or there's a million other ones. I've tried them all and I did not like any of them. I couldn't stick to one until we switched, but having your VA or, you know, someone that's assisting you help you develop your to-do list really helps you move the needle. And I think for me, my biggest struggle was like before we hired Marissa, who's our integrator, I was balancing motherhood and running a business without really having a system that allowed me to know where the priorities were to stay on track. And so it's amazing now because I get to log in and Marissa literally makes my to-do list for the day, but it has helped me so much because I feel like I actually am doing the things that move the needle the most and not getting pulled into other places. And it also just allows for me to see the priorities from a business standpoint, from a bird's eye view, and make sure that I'm tackling those things that might be holding up other people. And so no matter what size your team is, just having some sort of project management and a place for your to-do list to live, whether you create it or someone creates it for you, can absolutely transform the way that you work. Yeah, I can vouch for that. Now, you may have already mentioned it, but do you have like the ultimate take-home employ this hack in your business today if you're struggling with systems and workflows, what would that be? Yeah. So it would be to do a brain dump, like you just said. One of the things that I think is really taxing about entrepreneurship is that you're constantly thinking of all the things you need to be doing, right? Like there have been nights where you like lie in bed and your to-do list is just rolling in your head. And so the best thing that I think you can do if you are struggling with systems or you don't have any systems and you're just feeling overwhelmed by all the things, and I would do this often, is I would just open up a new Google Doc and write down all of the random things that are living in my head. And it almost feels like you're able to release them because you know that they're safe. I do this to the day, like I was on a run yesterday and I had this thought or this idea, or I I thought of this sentence and I was like, I just need to write this down because then I can release it and not worry about forgetting it. You know, just like at the beginning of this episode where I literally forgot the question I thought of two (laughs) minutes prior to thinking of it. That is how my brain works these days. I feel like motherhood made it mushy and maybe it's not just motherhood. Maybe that's just me blaming it. I feel like you go from pregnancy brain to mom brain and basically your brain is like never firing on all cylinders again, but who knows? And so just taking all of the thoughts that live in your head, no matter how random or sporadic or, or just off they might be, letting them live somewhere where you know you can release them 
and that they're safe. And I think that can really just help clear up the clutter of your brain. Let me tell you, I love it when I find a way to blend style and comfort. This is why I am obsessed with Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed a breeze. We're talking minimalist, effortless, yet totally refined, which is exactly my vibe. I wear Jenny Kane's house slippers every single day. I even sent a pair to my best friend and I've been on the hunt for the perfect shoe for travel. I just grabbed their suede kitten heels. They are timeless, easy to pack. And when I wear them, I get compliments and it also helps that they are super comfortable. I've also got a quick shout out their sweaters. The oversized cotton fisherman and the cotton cocoon are perfection for everyday wear. And even as the weather warms up, they are absolutely staying in my rotation. Now, the best part about this brand is that you can mix and match the pieces effortlessly. Pair their sweaters with classic denim or a simple slip dress, and you've got a look that's put together without even trying. Jenny Kane believes in the art of simplicity. And on top of the amazing clothes, they even have home essentials. We're talking timeless furniture, cozy pillows and throws, and the most incredible candles. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code GOLDDIGGER15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code GOLDDIGGER15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I'm pretty well versed in social media, but there was one major platform on the internet that I didn't know how to use to its max potential, and that was LinkedIn. Can you relate? With LinkedIn ads, you'll learn how to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach even more of your audience. Imagine having direct access to decision makers. We're talking about a billion members, 180 million senior level executives, and 10 million C-level executives. Now, trust me, that is a network you want to be a part of. LinkedIn provides targeting and measurement tools specifically designed for B2B. In fact, in the tech world, LinkedIn generated two to five times higher return on ad spend than other social media platforms. And here's the best part. You're not alone. LinkedIn respects the b B2B world we operate in. In fact, 79% of B2B content marketers say that LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's right. LinkedIn ads helps build connection and results. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. One of the first documents you sent to me when I joined the team, it was right before you were like eight and a half months pregnant with Coco. (laughs) And you sent me a document called Brain Dump Maternity Leave. (laughs) And I had never really heard the brain dump term before. So I was like, what is this? But it really was. It was like a 12 page document of just random bullet points of all the things you wanted to make sure we were considering or thinking about or putting into place before you went and had that sweet little baby. So yeah, it definitely it helps when something feels so nebulous in your head to put down all those different pieces somewhere, just somewhere. And then like you said, you get to release it because it's there when you're ready to dig through that nebulous list. Yes, I love it. 
So I wanted to have a little sidebar in this conversation specifically about systems and workflows, if that's okay. Yes, please do. So I was talking to my friend Grace, who as an adult was just recently diagnosed with ADHD. And it's opened up this whole new world for her understanding her own workflows and why systems in the past haven't worked for her. Like, in college, we went to college together, and she was always asking me to help her get organized and to create systems to do her homework. And she wanted me to teach her to do things her way. And I was admittedly, and she will attest to this, probably pretty pushy. Like I was the girl who would go over to her apartment and like demand her to let me clean her room because I thought it would be more productive. (laughs) But as she's learning more about her brain, she was just telling me like that can be super dismissive of the fact that her brain just functions differently from mine. And she shared with me that people with ADHD are six times more likely to become entrepreneurs because of how their brains work, because Mm. they are idea machines. And sometimes it's just hard to bring that visionary part of their brain into a system or workflow. So she was sharing that Although the systems and strategies we talked about in this episode today, it can be a great work style if you're someone who thrives in consistency and just needs help structuring your time, but they might not be right for everyone. So if you're neurodivergent, which is a new term that she's educating me in, or this style of organization just doesn't work well for your brain structure, she recommends, and I recommend after I tuned into an episode, check out Tracy Otsuka. And she talks all about working with ADHD and how it's a superpower. And she has lots of alternative approaches to implementing a workflow. Her podcast is called ADHD for Smart Ass Women. And it's a really incredible resource. So I just thought it was so interesting because, you know, for me, it's like, well, just get organized. But that can be such a dismissive statement. Mm -hmm. And I've been so educated in it through working alongside Grace and someone on our team, you know, told us that she also has ADHD. So that's been a really interesting thing for me to understand. Yeah, I love just learning about the different ways that we move through life. You know, and it's even funny, Drew and I were having a conversation even today, because he is very, very structured. He is type one on the Enneagram, which means things are black or white, like there is no gray matter. And and my entire life is gray matter. (laughs) The way that I approach life is very gray. And he was making fun of me the other day, because I always lose things like I'll be like, "Ah, where did I put that nail polish? Or like, where is that phone charger? I just had it. And he's the kind of person where there's like a place for everything. And we've just been exploring like, trying to understand the way the other person lives and the other way the the other person thinks. And I think that it also just provides a new level of empathy and understanding as well. And so I think it's just really important too that what works for us works for us, but it's not going to work for everyone. But I think that no matter where you're at, whether you're a solopreneur or you have a massive team, there are different ways that you can celebrate each other's working styles while setting the standard of what you expect. Even our team member who does have ADHD, she has, I mean, she has grown leaps and bounds since starting with us in the way that she structures her days that support the way that she works so that she can still be ahead, but she's working in that way that feels more creative to her. And so I think this past year, 2020, and this new year has just really opened us up of like, let's learn more about other people. 
Yeah. I think it's a testament to you too, as a boss that you have given all of us the permission to honor the way we work and to figure that out. And we're not, although you have systems and workflows in place that you would encourage us to adhere to, there's also flexibility to make it work for how we work. And that's been just so much better. I've got to share one final really random thing that I was super resistant to, but that totally changed the way that I work. So you know this, but the other day I was working on something with Brooklyn on her team as a writer and she had brought up this idea of like, you just have Zoom open all day. And then if you need something, you unmute yourself and then the other person comes in. I was like, that sounds so weird. What? (laughs) And we did it for like 48 hours, like within two work days, we literally, from the moment we started work, we opened up Zoom and it was hilarious because we were like, just like laughing when we would glance at each other. Like we're both like deep in thought and we're working on something creative. And, and we would, what we did was we would set an alarm clock. So we'd talk to each other for a couple minutes. We'd set an alarm clock. We'd say, let's come back to each other in like an hour. And it really helped me get into flow state because I think a lot of times people, you know, you're alone, you're working alone. It's, it can be lonely, but also you're not necessarily held to that level of accountability that you might have been if you were in an office setting. And so I actually so much enjoyed it. And like, we would just leave Zoom on when we went to eat lunch and things like that. So the other person was just still there. But it was a really cool thing. I was super resistant to the idea. And then when we did it, it was so helpful because we could just ask each other questions or talk through things and then go back to muting ourselves. So could be something to try if you're really needing to get in some focused work and you're working with a team. I remember her telling us about that in the team call and she was describing how she would look over and like just see the top half of your face and like your messy bun or something. And I was just picturing it. I was like, well, at least it's on brand. Yes, yes. It was so funny because I I would like tilt my screen and then all of of a sudden I'd be like, oh, Brooklyn can literally see my eyebrows right now. That's it. They look good. Am I right? Yes. Anything else you can think of when it comes to systems or workflows? Goodness. I don't know. We covered a lot and we do have some more episodes of the Gold Digger podcast about like our batch working style and all of that. So I will link those in the show notes since I own that system of show notes. I will make sure that you have links to the other episodes about systems and workflows on our team so you can lean on those resources as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kylie. And I've just got to say that nothing is better than working ahead with you so that we can live life by the method and the reasoning that very few things, pretty much nothing is urgent. And I love it. I'm just so grateful that we work in a very similar way because I don't know what I would do if you were a week to week person. (laughs) We are way far ahead and we love it. Heck yes. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Let's face it, life and business can be stressful, and it's not just your mind that suffers when you're feeling tense or anxious. Stress can also affect your digestion and your immune system too. So what do we do about it? Introducing Just Calm, the breakthrough new stress-soothing formula from Just Thrive. Say hello to a steady, serene, more relaxed you. 
Just Calm's proprietary mood lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe a little easier in as little as four weeks. And for next level mood TLC, there's Just Thrive Probiotic. This is the probiotic my whole family swears by. This spore probiotic banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce more serotonin, which is your happy hormone. Plus, it supports better sleep so you can wake up feeling refreshed and revitalized. With Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you'll have the ultimate stress-fighting duo to help you win the day every day. To learn more about Just Thrive, tune into episode 734 with their founder, Tina Anderson. I loved chatting with her about the gut-brain connection. And if you're ready to take control and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive probiotic today. Visit justthrivehealth.com and use a promo code GOLDDIGGER. Take control today with Just Thrive. That's justthrivehealth.com, promo code GOLDDIGGER. 